Welcome to Living Wisely, Living Well, timeless wisdom to enrich every day with Asha Nayaswamy, one of the spiritual directors of Ananda Palo Alto and a founding member of Ananda Worldwide. If you enjoy this content and are inspired by the teachings of Paramahansa Yogananda and his disciple Swami Kriyananda, find Asha on YouTube, Facebook, all podcast directories, and her website, ashajoy.org. Living Wisely, Living Well, January 13. Talk meaningfully. Never chatter as if merely to let people know you are present and would like to be accounted for. Watch your words carefully. Give them the luster of intelligence, even when speaking in fun. I love that last phrase. Give your, give your words the luster of intelligence, even when speaking in fun. To be fully conscious in life is, well, that's that's what it is to be God-realized, actually. Uh, It's very interesting if you think about it, quite apart from God-realization or gurus or sanatana dharma or kriya yoga meditation or any of the countless other things that I'm spinning through these talks, because after all, the book is by Swami Kriyananda, and that's what the teachings are about. And it's, it's my life study also, so that's what I have to offer. But you can take all those words and put it aside, and here's a very simple way to think about progress in life. I don't even mean progress to God, I just mean progress. Everything in life is expanding awareness, increasing your awareness. Think about it even for children, little babies. I've never raised a, a child, I have no children of my own, but um, I, I have lots of friends with children. I'm godmother to quite a number of them. And there's a stage when the little baby, um, the little baby is frightened by the sight of its own hands because it doesn't really have control of its body and it's just lying there and suddenly something streaks across its face. And the child can actually be scared by its own hands coming across its face because it's not aware that those hands are part of him And it's not aware yet that it has the capacity, which it will eventually develop, to control the direction of those hands. There's a point at which often when children discover their own toes, and babies being such little butterballs, they can take their little fat little toes and suck on their own toes. And they don't really have a clear concept that these are my toes. And and then everything else. They don't have an awareness of language. They don't have an awareness of relationships. They don't have an awareness that they can walk upright. They don't have an awareness of of where their mouth is and how to, you know, dip the spoon into the applesauce and get it into my mouth or or to pick up the Cheerio with my hand and get it into my my mouth. Children often, you know, they, they wear their meals. They're just totally covered with whatever they're eating because the effort to find their their mouth I mean, we know, I know exactly where my mouth is. I can pick up a spoon and I can bring a spoon directly to my mouth and it doesn't hit my nose or my ear. But I learned that. I became aware of how that is. I remember a a vivid example from a child. Children make these things, these points really clear. He was uh, the son, the the two-year-old son at that time, of friends of mine. Now he's probably could conceivably be 40 by this time. But he was a little boy, maybe maybe three. His mother kept a very orderly home, which is sometimes very good for children because it, it gives a certain predictability to their life. And they can gradually become aware of what the patterns of life are. 
Well, this little boy had just become aware of something really that was really remarkable to him. And when I came over for dinner, he was extremely excited to show me, as he had been showing every guest to the house, this fantastic thing that he just learned. So he took me up to his room, and there was a little dresser where his clothes were kept. And he opened the drawer and he pointed, and just like children can do, with every ounce of his being, he screamed out the word, socks, like that. There were socks in that drawer. Then he pushed the drawer shut like this, and the socks disappeared. And then he looked at me like, you are not going to believe this. And he opened the drawer, and there were socks again like this. He did it about three or four times, and I was duly impressed because his awareness had expanded to the point where he knew that every time he opened that drawer, he was going to find socks. And this was just a huge revelation for him. You know, then you're six, and you discover that if I'm in the sandbox with one of my friends, and I pick up the metal truck, and I pound my friend on the head with the metal truck, he's not going to want to come back and play with me. I mean, it seemed like a good idea to pound him on the head with the truck, but I become aware of the fact that I lose other things that I would want if I pound him on the head. And so everything that we learn in like, gee, smoking marijuana just really makes me feel relaxed and just really great. But if I do it every day, I seem to be losing my ambition. And I'm I'm not doing so well in my school classes anymore. And my hope of becoming a doctor is going to be jeopardized by the so-called pleasure of this sucking on this joint every day. I become aware of the impact of my actions on my consciousness and, and the impact of my consciousness on my ability to fulfill my ambitions. And I become aware of the relative importance of the immediate pleasure versus the long-term gain. And then when we reach a certain point of, 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 of ambitious interest in the nature of reality, we begin to realize that, that the power of who I am is coming from inside of me. And that I seem to be living in an interconnected universe. And all of this, if you just think about it, is just a simple expansion of awareness. And sometimes you know our lack of awareness can be uh, really stunning. You know, a person will marry someone who has a serious drug problem, or someone who's an alcoholic, or, or is really not at all what they seem, and then you'll just be stunned to become aware. And then you'll realize, often, that the signs were in front of you all the time. It's just you weren't willing to be aware of their implications, or you were genuinely ignorant, or you were unwilling. You blocked your awareness. So the question arises, even when you start like that, if every positive, every positive thing in your life that you could call growth, even, you know, even mastering an external skill, learning to play the piano, becoming a doctor, being an engineer, you have increased your awareness. You've increased your awareness of a particular field of interest or a particular um, skill that you want to express. So the question, and it's a very interesting one, is how, how, what is the limit of awareness? If I can be unaware, unaware of something, then become aware of it, and before I was aware of it, I didn't even know it existed, how much more is in front of me? Where is the edge of that? And the basic principle of Sanatana Dharma is that there is no edge, it's infinity. When Master was asked, 
Is there any end evolution? And speaking of personally, he said, no, you go on evolving until you achieve endlessness, which is to say infinity. And that's what the human consciousness is capable of. So even if you don't believe in God and don't want to believe in God, do you believe in expanding your awareness? And if you can expand your awareness some, where is the end point of your your potential? When someone said to Swamiji, I'm an atheist, in all this talk of God, he said, what are you going to say to me that would be helpful? Swami said, think of God as whatever you can imagine for your own highest potential. And he said, oh, I can do that. What is your own highest potential? What is the limit of the expansion of your awareness? Now, coming back here, Swami's talking about watch your words, words carefully. You know, never just chatter on. In other words, become aware of what you are doing. And so often people just allow energy to flow through them without really um, ex- putting out the energy to be aware of what you're doing. When, you're, when your mouth is moving, <laughs> ask yourselves, you know, am I improving the silence with what I'm saying? And why am I talking? Why am I saying this? Is it because I'm so nervous in the silence? Is it because I'm just habituated to letting all my energy drain out of my mouth? And, and where am I at the end of a day when all I've done is chatter? What is the content of what I'm saying? Does anybody around me want to hear me? Am I the only person here? There was a, a woman that I knew she was an acquaintance. I mean, it was difficult to make her a friend, although I didn't wish her ill. And I sort of laughed because... Basically, she seemed unaware that there was anyone else in the world but her. (laughs) And, I I mean, she wasn't, it was odd, she wasn't really selfish. She was actually a generous, nice person. But she talked almost continuously with seemingly no awareness and apparently no regard for whether anybody was the least bit interested in what she had to say. And the way she spoke also was, there was no inclination toward communication. I mean, communication involves two people. I have a thought, and I would like to convey the thought to you. Talking is not communication. Talking is just, you know, an ongoing commentary or just an ongoing allowing the world to hear whatever is just rolling around in your head. And if you find that you are that kind of a person, if you hear yourself talking and you don't even know why you're talking, You know, it's just like it is literally a habit to talk. Just ask yourself, why? What am I trying to accomplish? Who am I trying to help? And what is going on inside of me that I must constantly be making this noise? You know, in our society today, people are terrified of silence. I was, well, first I was at the uh, gas station just putting gas in my car and I, I became aware, it took me a moment even to realize what I was looking at, but there was a little video screen just right there at the gas pump where I could watch something. I don't know, it was some kind of a program, and then it kept flipping to, to advertisements. You know, it's just like, how long am I standing there pumping gas? It's like, oh my, I might have to actually stand here for perhaps as long as 90 seconds without having my, my mind distracted by somebody talking to me. And I was also once, when I was landed in LAX, Los Angeles Airport, and the arrangement for me to be picked up was for me to go to a certain island 
uh, where taxi cabs and various other things came. And I walked out. It's outdoors because Los Angeles is a warm climate. I'm standing. I'm I'm standing on an uh, on a pedestrian island between two two roads, which are each like three lanes of traffic. It's Los Angeles, so there's a lot of movement, and there's a whole lot of people milling around. And I feel like um, there's some kind of a bombardment happening. I mean, like like there's some kind of a war zone going on also. And I look around and I realize that you know the the roof over my head was maybe ten feet at the most. So a few feet above my head, there's a big loudspeaker. And over the loudspeaker, there's something that probably people would have called music. But because of all the cacophony that was going around, all I'm getting is the bass and a little bit of the drum and an occasional sort of wailing voice that is completely incomprehensible in it. So what it just sounds like, it just sounds like an assault. You know, like people are attacking me with cannons or something like that and screaming as they come at me. And I'm thinking, well, I'm thinking many things. But one of them is, I will quote one of my friends who put it perfectly, whatever you do, don't be alone with your thoughts for even a moment. I mean, like, what a society we live in, where we just, where we feel we must have noise. We must have noise. I've been very interested. I scan the internet and I have Facebook like people do. It's, you know, sort of the... the the last sputterings of a great mind or just to spun through the, spin through those things. And sometimes there's charming videos of little children and so on like that, which I always enjoy. I'm a sucker for babies. And I, but I've noticed sometimes that there'll be a little child doing something adorable and in the background you'll just hear a television going. And you'll, you'll hear the child will be doing something, the parents will be filming the child, they'll all be talking. And in the background there's just a television going. So no wonder we're talking all the time without even thinking about it. We have this, we have been, we've become addicted to noise and terrified of silence. Don't be like that. You'll, you'll, never, you'll never gain any magnetism in your life. You'll never gain any power within you. And the power from within is what gives you the ability to move through life with strength and happiness. Don't, don't always just be creating chaos around you. Pay attention. Become aware. And awareness is the beginning. And then after that, you can change your habits. It's just a matter of deciding that it's important to you to do so. So, Swami says, talk meaningfully. Never chatter as if merely to let people know you are present and would like to be accounted for. Watch your words carefully. Give them the luster of intelligence, even when speaking in fun. Joy to you, my friends. Our work is made possible by inspired listeners. So if you feel to support Asha, you can make a one-time donation or for unique members-only content, subscribe through Patreon. Blessings and thank you.